We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Good morning, Tabernacle of Talk, of Praise. Do what? what? Yeah, move on. Yeah. yeah, we're we're not here to hear you. Yeah, we're here to visit. <laughs> as long as you're visiting about good things, that's good. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter eight. Deuteron Deuteronomy. D-E-U-T period, chapter 8. We're going to read the first two verses. Everybody prepared for the upcoming week? Yeah. Bishop and I were talking uh, earlier. Here's the thing. This is not the day's... God sets up kings and God brings kings down. God sets up kingdoms and brings kingdoms. You, you know, whatever happens, I'm not telling you don't, don't be interested in it. But whatever happens, the whole manner is to realize that we have to trust God. Regardless of what happens, trust God that what he's done is right. Just trust him for what he's done is right. I mean, I mean after all, y'all voted me in as pastor. You have to really trust in God. Verse... Well, I heard some mumbling there, and I know where it came from. <laughs> One through two. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Now turn with me to Romans chapter 5. I'll give you time to turn there. Romans chapter 5. We're going to read verses 3 through 4. While you're turning there, let me back up. I want to read that second verse again. And thou shalt remember... All the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. He led them every bit of the way. Those 40 years in the wilderness. Why? To humble thee. To prove thee. And to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Whether you would keep his commandments or no. Romans 5, 3 through 4. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. This is part of the Romans that most of us don't like. That's a, tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. That word experience there is, is character. Experience breeds character in your life, and experience hope. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about that God's more concerned about your character than He is your comfort. God's more concerned about your character than He is your comfort. You sow a thought, you reap an action. Sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. 
You sow a habit, you reap a character, and you sow a character, and you reap a destiny. Your character has something to do with your destiny. And so, since your destiny is important, every destiny is important, you should know what it means to develop character. So what is character? Character is defined as, and there's a long definition of character, and I kind of narrowed it down. Character is defined as moral firmness, self-control, integrity, honesty, responsibility, fairness, diligence, determination. There's a lot more to character, but that's the basis of it. That's the foundation of it. Your character as a Christian is a lifelong process that actually begins when you're born again. You, you begin to develop character in God once you're born again, and it's lifelong. You never stop developing. You never reach the pinnacle. You never come to the point where you've got the perfect character that God wants you to have. When you're born again, the Holy Ghost begins this process of developing character in you. It, it, there's character traits that you develop there in your soul and your spirit, who you are. And it's not instantaneous. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we all had the perfect character the minute we're born again? We wonder why God didn't do that, and there's a reason why he didn't do that. It's, not as, if, it's because there's a consistency that has to be established in our life to develop character that causes us to be who we are in God. God looks for consistency. That's part of character. And again, lifelong. Now keep in mind that God, God doesn't possess character or characteristics. There's a misunderstanding with people that this is the character of God, and that's the character of God. God doesn't, he doesn't hold character. God holds essence. He holds essence. Every characteristic that we want to develop from God is something that God is. It's not a characteristic of God. It's exactly what God is. If we want to develop a characteristic of being loving, well, God's not loving. God is love. Because of that, loving kindness and loving comes out of him. But we try to develop that loving kindness, that love, that characteristic in us of what God is. God is essence. He doesn't have characteristic. Uh, When it comes to your life, God's more concerned, again, he's more concerned with your character than he is with your comfort. Now, this goes well in a lot of societies. It doesn't go well in the U.S. society. Our society doesn't like that. That there, there is more about character than we like comfort. Many in today's church misunderstand what Jesus said when he said, You shall have life and have it more abundantly. Man, there's been a plethora of different understandings about what that meant abundant life. And sadly to say, in a lot of the evangelical churches today, abundant life means a fat bank account, abundant life means a huge house. Abundant life means many automobiles. Abundant life means net worth. Now, there's nothing wrong with a fat bank account. There's nothing wrong with having a truck or a car. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house and having a good net worth. But that's not what abundant life is. That's not what abundant life is. And we've developed in the Western eyes. I know y'all get tired of me saying it, but I like having the mic and saying it. Western Christianity... Western Christianity has developed this thing that it's all about me. It's all about what I have and what I possess. It's, it, the Jews of Jesus' day had a problem with the parables Jesus talked talk 
about and told many times because Jesus, the Jews of Jesus' day believed that if you were blessed of God, you had big houses, big bank accounts, all of the things. You were ble- if, if you were poor or that you had a disease or whatever, the Jews of Jesus' day believed that you were on the outs with God. On the outs with God. Now, that's what's kind of resurfaced in today's Christianity because there are a lot of those that preach that dynamic of abundant life that say that if you don't have a lot of money and a lot of cars and a big house, that you're on the outs with God. You're not being blessed of God. You're not, and, and that's totally not what abundant life, abundant life is developing the character in your life to be like God. That's abundant life. And that's what Jesus was saying. You shall have life and have it more abundantly. The, who created this thing? I'm just going to say until somebody answers. God, okay. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? God. Who is the master of all things? Who would you want to be like? Absolutely. That's where the abundant life is. In Him, everything moves and breathes and has its being. In, in your life, anything that moves in your life, anything that breathes in your life, anything that has being in your life comes from Him. I, I know a lot of you went to college and developed good you know, sources of income and those type of things, but that all comes from God. You're, you, you're, y'all don't get mad at me. You're not that smart. You're smart on our basis, but you're not. Again, we were talking in, in the office today, and, and Bishop just kind of rolled out how that with, with, with Job, when you look at Job, and there's what, 14 verses that Job was unaware of in his life didn't have, and the rest of the verses in Job, which has 41 chapters, Job was very aware. But if you look at that, Job was confounded by 1.3%. We're easily confounded. That, that's not the point. Look how brilliant God really is. Look how brilliant God. So to develop the characteristics in our life, in our life to be like him is that abundant life. Think of character development as being, now let me stop for a second. A lot of your, a lot of us are older in our age. Not all of us, but a lot of us. And we think we've built our character, who we are. But listen, we're still building it. We're still working on it. You can build a character all your life and destroy it in a moment's, in a moment's notice, destroy the character that you built in your life. Uh, and then you have to not start over, but you have to redevelop the process of character. So think of character development as being similar to the formation of a pearl in an oyster shell. I don't know if you're familiar with how that happens. A pearl is formed in an oyster shell over a period of time. It doesn't happen overnight. And what happens is is that a grain of sand or some irritation object gets inside the oyster, and so it begins to layer after layer over time after layer. It begins to build this defense, this mechanism, so that Whatever this thing is, a lot of times it's a grain of sand, but whatever the irritant is, it smooths out that irritant inside that oyster. Now, we look for those oysters because we want that pearl because of its value. But understand that the value in that pearl is that over time, the irritant in the life of that oyster it has, has slowly over time come to a place of smoothness. And it's the same thing in your life and mine. That's why God's more concerned with your character than he is your comfort. Because, again, we were talking, you know, <clears throat> adversity is the tool that God uses to develop all of us. And if you don't believe it, just look, read the book. 
those that, that we deemed to be high, highly progressed in God and had, had great moves of God in their life and did the will of God in their life, every one of them had the same thing, adversity. Adversity got into their life, and over time, the layers of God in that adversity began to smooth that out so that over time it became the pearl of their life. The very thing that was irritant in their life and adverse in their life became the most valuable, and that's what building character godly character in our life is about it's taking the things in our life that are sometimes you ever work with someone in an office or on a job anywhere it doesn't matter. It have to be an office it can be out on the field or whatever and they were very <laughs> irritating <laughs> who said that sorry Jason I didn't mention that okay you ever had somebody that was really irritating yeah you know, we all run into those. Sometimes it's us. That's the part we miss. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I had a person one time tell me, here in this church, I've gone to church after church after church, and every time something happens, the people just don't like me. They don't get in. And I said, uh, maybe it's not the people in the other churches that's the problem. And her husband said, you need to listen to him. <laughs> and she said, shut up to him. So that's how we respond a lot of times. But listen, there, God brings irritants into our life to develop us. Well, let me tell you something. If that person in your life, you try to escape them, you try to escape the lessons you're learning, and you either leave that job or whatever, or that person gets fired, it's not done. God's going to bring another irritant, whether it's you or them, into the life until you grow, until that pearl is developed in your life, and you learn how to, how to deal with that particular situation. Inside an oyster, it's really interesting, there's a liquid that that oyster actually secretes on top of that uh, grain or irritant. It's called the mother of pearl. You've probably heard the, the mother of pearl. And, and it's the whole purpose of that liquid is to protect that oyster from the irritation that's going on. And so it continually does that. And so as the liquid hardens and forms a smooth surface, that offending grain of sand, or into, it, it, it just layer after layer, again, it becomes that pearl that's formed that we look for. And so as irritants arrive in your life, the Lord, one of the purposes of the Holy Ghost is it's like that mother of pearl. One of the purposes of God's Spirit in our life is that as those irritants come in, God doesn't leave you to the irritant. Don't think you're by yourself and you're in this alone. But characters develop because what happens is his spirit begins to form layer after layer around you to where you develop this pearl, this very valuable thing in your life about this particular irritant. It may not be a person. It may be a problem you have with something. It may be a situation in your life. It, it, may, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, that all irritants are people. Sometimes it's just situations. Sometimes it's just our old nature, who we are. You ever been irritated over and over again about who you are? I, I can do this, this, and this with no problem. But when I get here, oh, man, that's such an irritation. It's an irritation. And you know what? Until I allow the Spirit of God to develop that layer after layer over time and develop the character of understanding what that is about me, not about anybody else, but about me, and, and then let that problem be resolved, you know, that irritant is going to keep showing back up. It's going to keep coming back. 
So he takes the irritation and over time turns it into something beautiful, just like in an oyster. It takes an ir- a piece, a grain of sand becomes a pearl. It was an irritant, but it becomes something beautiful. Sufferings and trials and tribulations occur in all of our lives. They expect them to occur in your life. Pastor, I've been living for God to 20 years and never had a trial. You better check where you're living. Just going to tell you, God, God's not that kind of God. God doesn't intentionally try to hurt you, but God intentionally tries to grow you and tries to develop your character. That's why, you know, but, but I've, I've met people that say, yeah, I've never had a problem living for God. I just say, well, you check your, check your deal. Check your living. The, all the trials, sufferings, tribulations, they occur in our lives. And this, it's for character built. Remember Job? We just talked about Do you remember Job? You know what Job, Satan's first attack on Job was? Oh, take this, take that. No, he attacked Job's character. How did he attack Job's character? Because character is who you really are in adversity. That If you want to know your true character, it's who you are in adversity, not when everything's golden road, not when everything's great. That's not really who you are. You're riding the smooth wave. It's when adversity comes your way. And so what, what did the, Satan do? He said, well, He's let me take everything he's got, and he'll curse you. His character will totally change. But what happened in Job? Job's real character was there. What he, how he really felt about God, his relationship with God was there because, you know, he, listen, I came into this world naked. I'll go out that way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He understood who God was. And that's what character building in you does. Building the characteristics that you need to be like Jesus helps you to realize who he is. Not what, but who he is. God's not a what. Many Christians live for God that's a what. What can I get? What does he give? What, 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 what? God's not a what. God's a who. And when you live for the who, the what takes care of itself but many christians live for the what and can't develop in their christian relationship with others and with god they can't grow in character because it's all about the what and listen let's be honest especially in america the what's usually about me what do i get out of it what do i what what can i gain from this what 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 uh job was steadfast he withstood listen that was the test of a lifetime when you look at the test that Job went through, he lost everything he had. He lost his wife, his family. He lost everything. Then his friends are like saying, dude, we're not coming close because that might rub off on us. But since we're close enough to yell at you, what did you do to God? When this whole time it was just about the character of Job. It's just about the character of Job. You see, here's the thing that you don't realize that God believes in you. God believes, you know why God chose Joseph to go through? He, because he believed in Joseph's character. Do you know why he chose Moses? Because he believed in Moses' character. Do you know why he, on and why did he choose Paul of all people? A guy that was actually a, a murderer, killing Christians. Why would he choose a man? Because he, he believed in Paul's character. God believes in your character. That's why you're here today. He believes in your character. He believes that you want to be like him. And so he wants to invest that in you. 
So understand that as much we talk about needing to have faith in God and belief in God, all necessary, trust, but you know, God has faith in you. God has faith in you. That's why many are called, but few are chosen. That's not because long time ago, eons before this world ever started, God said, well, I'm going to choose Don when he's born. Predestination. That's not what that means at all. Many are, the Bible says, no man cometh to God except the Spirit draw him. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit draws all men. So why don't all men come to God? There's a character something in you that responds to God. And God says, okay, there's the beginning of character that I can place into their life. And so when you're called, many are called, few are chosen. He chooses you, not because you're spiritual, but because there's a character in you that he knows he's going to develop that he, you can become more like him. And the whole purpose of you and I being in this world is to be like him to continue on and finish the work that he started. That's what we do. Now, we can't save anybody, but we can sure call them in to salvation. We can sure call them in. But you know what? That takes character, doesn't it? You ever, you ever tried to witness to someone when you didn't have the character to do it? Have you ever met that character that tried to witness? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There are characters that think they have the character and they misalign the scripture and the gospel over it. God looks for character and when we answer, God begins, when, we, when we're born again, God immediately, the spirit in us begins to develop character in us. So you know what happens immediately in your life? Adversity starts showing up. Adversity starts showing up. Job was steadfast. Let me ask you a question. When, when, don't answer this. This is for you to answer yourself. When calamity and stress and adversity happens in my life, do I bow down before God for His grace and mercy or do I curse Him? Don't it? Don't it? That's for you to answer yourself. When calamity, when stress, when all, you know, how many people after the election this week are going to curse God for what happened? There's going to be a lot of them. Because somebody on some side is not going to like what happens. Somebody wins, somebody loses. So some people are going to curse God because they didn't. Even though they, they're going to curse God. But do you curse God or do you believe God? If God sets kings and removes them, do you believe God? Now, so, a lot, Most of you in here, I, I know by talking to you, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But if Joe Biden wins, you've got to trust God. Uh, see, I didn't get a lot of amen on that. If Joe, because I know a lot of you Republican. I'm not going to tell you what either one. Of you can figure out what I am. A lot of you Republican. Some of you are Democrat. But you, you, know, you got. You got to. Do you trust that God put him in place? Well, God made a mistake. No, God takes down kings and sets up kings. God, the Scripture says that He takes down kingdoms and sets up kingdoms. Understand this. We have to trust God in what happens. That doesn't mean we all go sit down and don't vote, right? It means we do our due diligence. We do our due diligence. God's not going to go in and check a certain box and say, all right, it's done. We have a part in this, but understand this. Our part doesn't stop if our team doesn't win. Our part doesn't stop if our team doesn't win. If you don't like whoever's elected, whichever one it is, as president, you are responsible as a Christian to hold them up before God. To pray for your leader. 
Well, I don't like him. Well, you know what? Some of y'all don't like me, but I'm leading my home. I'm leading this church. You know, you pray for me. If you don't like me, pray for me. Either I'll change, you'll change, or we'll both change. How about that? Right. Correct. Correct. And that's, that's a hard thing sometimes. Understand this, because I know some of you, I can tell you, you're pretty brilliant people. It's already clicking in your mind. Well, if this person believes it's okay to abort children, do, am I supposed to submit to that? It crosses the law of God. Any law, man-made, that crosses any God law, the man law is out. Okay? So understand that. Just because you, you're praying for somebody, you don't believe that they're doing the right thing, and that some, you, you don't have to act in obedience to man laws that cross God laws. There's some things we need to be mature about as Christians and understand about as Christians is that leaders are supposed to be held up. We're supposed to hold up our governor. We're supposed to hold up our mayor. We're supposed to hold any leader that we have. It's our responsibility. Why is that? Why do you think God set that into motion? Ooh, bingo. If you can't do it, if why are we here? We're training for what's to come. And if we can't do this naturally... How do we expect to do this spiritually? It's not going to happen. We, we're, we're learning. Now, the good thing about God is when we get on that side, we're on the right side. When we get on the other side, we're on the right side. But we still have to learn what it means. We still have to, that's part of character. You know, character is not how good you are on Sunday. Right. 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 Yeah, they work for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. That's right. In this, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let him talk. Absolutely. That is how character is developed. God, what do I need to learn through this? That's how character is developed. Very good, Ron. Thank you. Man, it's just, listen, the, the more we respond to God rather than the situation, because, yeah. again, we said it, not everybody's going to like what happens. But it's, it's not important whether we like what happens. What's important is how we respond to God about it, how we respond to God about it. So how, 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 do I, how do I respond to God? You know, pressure situations have a way of bringing out the best or the worst in all human beings, don't they? You see pressure, and it'll bring out the best or the worst. So, something good will come out and something bad, but it's, it's the human deal. In Deuteronomy 8 and 2, let me read, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. Regardless of what's going on, what's happening now, what's going to happen this week, what's going to happen next month, next year, God is leading us all the way. And we have to trust and believe God in that. That's what builds the character. He said the reason that he led you all that way was to humble and test you. You understand there are, there are places we need to be humbled. There are places, and that's another thing we don't really like in America, but we're, there are places in our lives we need to be humbled. We need to realize we're not the source of all things. We're not the power of all things. We're not the developer of all things. Bishop said this morning we were talking how that, you know, man has never created one single thing. We've used God's creation and assembled it in different areas and built things, but we've never created anything. Matter of fact, we've messed up the creation. So understand that there's times we have to be humble. We have to test. Why would God want to test us? To know what was in your heart. Now, God already knows what's in your heart. The problem is a lot of times we don't know until adversity shows up and that's when we really know what's in our heart not when things are going great but when adversity happens then we realize what's in our that's what god was trying to show them by leading them let me show you what's in your heart so you realize it and understand it and you know how to whether or not you're going to keep my commandments you know the thing about character in your life is that character is built in your life so that you can develop the, the understanding of the commands of God. Love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. We think we've got that down. So why do we keep going through adversity over it? Because we don't. We just think we do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Is there any place in your heart that you seclude for something other than God? God's not the most important part in that. If there is, then you don't love the Lord with all your heart. With all your, is there anything in your mind that overcomes the love of God in your mind? All your soul, who you are, all your, everything that you are. So understand that about uh, character. It builds us to the place where we become like him so that we can keep, keep, keep the commandments. But there's an end part on this verse. It says, or no. It's two little words. I, I've, I've put you through the test. I've humbled you. I want to know if, that you know in your hearts you can keep my commandments or whether you can't. In other words, God develops character in you 
so that you understand whether or not you can keep the commands of God or not. Is it important to keep the commands of God? (laughs) That's a pretty easy, yeah, and you had a pretty easy answer. It's very important. During all of our trials and struggles, tribulations and calamities, the Lord stayed with us for 40 years. 40 years. So in your life, in all your trials and struggles and calamities and the difficulties, listen, God never leaves. He, he already knows what's in your heart. He wants you to know. When you know, you can do so. The biggest problem with us is that we don't know a lot of things about ourselves, and so we don't know what to do. First of all, we don't know we need to fix them. You ever discovered something about yourself that you didn't realize you needed to fix? No? Man, this is like a weekly thing for me. Something else. Something crops up and shows me, oh, man, I need to fix that. And it's a constant, and it usually comes through adversity. It's usually for someone saying, man, I don't like the way you said that. What do you mean I don't like the way I said that? I said it, uh, that's how I feel about it. Well, I don't like the way you feel about it. And we get in this big discussion. This is not a home discussion. This is a work discussion. So, just so we're very clear on that. And lo and behold, I was saying something, and, and it wasn't based on facts. It was based on feeling. And so I learned something about myself. I'm basing this whole thing on a feeling when, in fact, when you get to the facts, I'm wrong about this. I was just feeling, and that's, that's another issue in, in our society, is a lot of things we do are based on feeling rather than just the facts. So he wanted them to understand their own heart condition. So my question to you today, do you understand your own heart condition? Oh, yeah, I'm right with the Lord. That's not the question I'm asking you. Do you understand your own heart condition? Well, I, I repented to God. That's not what I'm asking. That's not your own heart condition. Because many people walk around healthy as a jaybird. Jaybird's pretty healthy, by the way. Healthy as all get out and fall out and die of a heart attack because they didn't know their heart condition. Everything else about them seemed to be okay. Physically, they looked good. Physically, they felt good. All of these things, but they never checked their heart condition. Working out in the gym, have a heart attack because they didn't understand the heart condition. It's the same thing spiritually. We have to understand. Sometimes we look, oh, yeah, we look spiritual. We feel spiritual. Man, we, I'm praying good. I'm reading good and all this stuff. But we don't understand our heart condition. And if we're not careful, we can have a spiritual heart attack. So how do I know what my heart condition is? God gave us the answer. Let him test you. Let him humble you. Have you ever been humbled before? I'm going to give you a little Don story now. I was in a place one night, shouldn't have been, doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And so I saw this guy. I said, you know, I, I'm, before I leave here, I'm going to whip this guy. I didn't know him from Adam. That's the kind of guy that I used to be. And so I go up to him, spun him around. The next thing I know, I'm on the floor. But I'm confused. So I get back up, and but the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, see, and all these people are watching this. Now, here was going to be Big Bad Don taking this guy who was a little bit smaller than he was because here was the umbling part. This guy was about five foot four, five foot five, and probably weighed about 160 pounds, pretty built for that size. But So the third down time, I stayed on the ground. I didn't get off the floor because I said, something's wrong here. 
very humbling. The guy was a black belt. And he was being nice to me and just getting me on the floor. He, he wasn't hurting me. He could have hurt me really bad. But do you know how humiliating that was in front of all those people? He humbled me without ever hurting me. God will humble you without ever hurting you. God doesn't attempt to hurt you. But he wants to humble, to you, humble you for you to realize that what you're doing is incorrect. And so I realized what I was doing was incorrect. So I quit doing it. I walked off and he walked off. The thing was over. And that's what God does in our lives. If we'll realize what we're doing is not correct, we can walk away from it, be done with it. As, as spiritual as we might think we are, at times God will test us to see where we really are. You ever felt really good, strong, spiritual? And then God puts the little test on you and you realize, ooh, I thought I had it together. Listen, God's more concerned about your character than he is about your comfort. He'll take you out of your comfort zone so that you can develop that character. Sometimes he allows situations in our lives because we don't fully grasp or understand what he's trying to speak to us. In all of our lives, God is constantly speaking to us, to every one of us. God is constantly speaking to us. And sometimes things happen in our lives, situations come up, adversities come up, because God's tried to speak something to us that we're just not understanding or hearing. And so what adversity does is it brings a physical realism to a spiritual aspect. That's why God uses adversity, because we're, we're humans, we're physical, and we respond to physical before we do spiritual. That's, that's our nature. It's only when we begin to develop that we learn that, you know what, experience is a very poor teacher. I just keep repeating Bishop, but you know, experience is the one that gives you the test, and then when you fail it, then that gives you the answer after. That. But wisdom. Now, that's what character is about. The character that you develop, that God wants to develop in you about who He is and what He wants you to be as Him only really comes through. Experience is fine, but it's a terrible teacher because a lot of times we will repeat it. Was that the last time Don went after a guy? No, I did it again about a month later because I didn't learn. Yeah, I was the hard-headed one of the bunch, but, you know, that's poor character in many ways. Eventually you learn. You know, thank God that after he called me and I came into the church, I quit that business. Character said, you know what, that's foolishness. That's ignorance. So thank God for that. But we have to understand something about character. God's going to bring things into our life because he wants us to be like him. All of this is so we can become more like him. Galatians 4 and 19 says, My little children, from whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Christ is formed in you. You know, like that pearl that's formed in an oyster? Christ has to be formed in us. That means it takes time and effort and divert, you know, but on and on. But the whole time, the Holy Ghost is spinning its around us and developing and smoothing out. Paul here in Galatians is addressing the church at Galatia, and he's he, he he's telling the Christians there, you need to mature. You know, when you read Hebrews, it's really, it's almost comical, but it's not. Because these are the Hebrews, these are the Jewish people that had come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Paul makes his way back around to that church again, and he comes in and he's like, he throws the flag, you know, it's a penalty. 
pulls his flag out there. Wait, 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 wait. You guys have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I come back, and now you're, you're acting within the law. You're doing things within the law. You're being Judaistic. He said, you're back to milk again. I had you on meat. Now you're back to milk again. What is going on here? Some of us think it would be fun if we could become a teenager again. The youth, the vigor. Well, let me ask you a question. If you knew what you know now, would you be a teenager again? If I knew what I know now about everything, yes, I would love to be a teenager again because my life would be totally different. Why is that? Because God has developed some character that wasn't there. Yeah, would I like to relive? Absolutely, because I wouldn't. Darren, I wouldn't have those head knockers anymore. <laughs> Never again. I, I wouldn't be taking other people's possessions ever again. Yeah, I wouldn't be loading my body up with stuff that I should never have loaded it up with ever again. But I would use that time wisely to not only develop within myself, but to develop in other people what God wants. You can only be a victim if you allow it. Doesn't mean you won't be a victim to circumstances, but victimization is more than physical. Victimization is actually more spiritual than it is physical. And so if not downplaying, if you've been victimized in some way or another, not downplaying that at all, but understanding that, you know, if you've been a victim of a certain situation, what God wants to do is out of that situation, develop a character in you so that you don't live as a victim. Because many people are victimized when they're children, and so as they grow into adulthood, they never learn. No one ever teaches them. They never confront themselves or God about it, and they're victimized by something, and they live as a victim all their life because they've never known how to develop. That's why the Holy Ghost is necessary in your life, is to help you to develop and not be a victim. Because let, let me be honest with you. All of us are victims. We are the victim of sin. We're the victim of sin. Sin brings death. We're the victim of that. So we can either live the mentality of, you know what, I'm just going to go straight to hell because I'm a sinner. Or we can answer the call of God and say, you know what, there's an answer because there's a character that's developed here. Not only that, once you become a Christian, understand, not only that, has God washed those away, but anything that comes in my path again, I have been given power over that. Let me ask you a question. I've got a couple of minutes. Do you believe Jesus could have sinned? Well, this is a sticky one for people. Do you believe Jesus could have sinned? He came in the form of sinful flesh like as you and I. So he was in the form of sinful flesh, but flesh itself is not sin. It's what the flesh does. Jesus could have, but you know, if he couldn't have sinned, then what would have been the purpose of coming in flesh? Because part of the reason he came in flesh was to show us that we don't have to sin. I, I've told you all this before. We were taught, the group that I came from, we were taught that you had to sin every day. That's because you're human, you have to. 
There's no Bible for that, but you know what? It stayed with me. I, I, you know, I proved them right. I made my dad proud. Well, not really, but my dad was always trying to correct me in that. But, but understand this. You, you have the purpose of God developing your character so you understand how to overcome sin, how to overcome the nature of, you know what? <clears throat> We've said this a thousand times. We'll say it a thousand and one. God abhors sin. It's the what. So don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but he's more concerned with the why, not the what. Because if he can develop a character in you to address the why, and you address the why, and the why goes away, guess what happens? So does the what. It's why you do it, not as much what. Again, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying God winks at sin. He doesn't. The Bible says in the old days he winked at it, but now he calls all men. We all have to answer for it. But if we can get to the why, and that's what character from God builds in us to understand about us the why so that we can develop a, a level over the what. Will we ever reach perfection? That word perfection, uh, can we ever reach perfection in that? The first word perfection means without sin. We'll never reach that. But can we reach? There's another word for perfection in Scripture. It's maturity. Can we reach maturity? That's what Paul is telling the church at Galatia. Listen, guys, you, there's a maturity you can reach where you don't have to do this. You don't have to deal. Are you going to have problems? Sure, you are. But there's a maturity that shows you how to overcome it and to live above it. Paul is addressing again the need for maturity. Yeah, I got well. No, I don't have it. Let me just end with this. I don't want to go over. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. You're never alone in your adversity. God is always developing character in it if you let him, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Not only does God comfort in your, in your tribulation to, for you to develop a character so that you can help someone else and comfort them when they're going through the thing you went through, and you can help develop a character in them that makes them more like God. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, everything, everything, everything you and I go through, simply, I'm going to do the... Pastor, thank you. I'll quit here. Say it 20 times. Everything, everything, everything you're going through, adversity, tribulation, everything, is for one reason, to develop you for what's coming. We're practicing. Listen, when you, you and I pass from here, or if Jesus comes, if all that happens, there's going to be no more practice, no more preparation. When we get on the other side, there's not going to be one ounce of Jesus. All right, now one more push-up. One more setup, it's not going to happen. We're doing it here right now for this reason. The more you become like him now, the more you become like him now. Just, just let that sink in because there's dot, dot, dot. There's a thousand answers to that. Anybody have any doubts, fears, unbeliefs? Okay, thank you all. God bless you. Let's take a little time for worship. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.